Hey there, welcome to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. I'm Camille, and this is the podcast for women that want to create a dream kitchen without stress and costing a fortune. If you like no fluff, tell it like it is remodeling advice from a cabinet maker with over 30 years experience, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hey ladies, thanks for joining us for the final episode of Electrical Week, uh, episode five, which is like our bonus episode. And we're going to talk about all the different things that are somehow connected to a kitchen when you do like a big electrical upgrade on your house. And I have my hubby with me again, Larry. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hey ladies. So we're going to kick it off with um, something called a load calculation, which is something that we do every time we do an electrical upgrade on a house. And so Larry's going to kind of talk about why that's so important. And specifically what I'm, what I'm referring to is like, if you want to add a Tesla, like an electrical vehicle charger to your house, and maybe you've put solar on in the last year, and maybe you put in a pool two years ago, or you'd like to put in a pool and a kitchen remodel um, and a hot tub, like it's really critical that you understand what's actually going on inside your house with the electrical. So uh, babe, why don't you kick us off on like what goes into a like what what do you do when you do a load calculation and why is it so important? So the reason why I do a load calculation is I try to assess what my customers' needs are. Um, so when we start a kitchen remodel, the first thing I'll go look at is the main panel, which is normally on the outside of the house with a meter on it, and then if there's a sub panel in the house, I will look at that and make sure that it has enough space on it. Um, And then I will talk with the customer and I will ask them, you know, like, what are your plans? Um, So we're looking at doing kitchen remodel here. Um, You know, these are some things you need to be aware of. Your panel's over 50 years old, you know, it's 20 years outside of what the intent was when they built the um, overcurrent devices. Remember the little dams that stop the energy from flowing down the river. Uh, and then I will also kind of help them plan out, like, what are you planning on doing in the next five years with your home? Are you planning on putting in solar? Are you planning on putting in uh, a battery storage unit with solar? Are you looking at putting in a hot tub, a pool, uh, or a new electric vehicle? Because all of those things tie into that same primary point of the house, which is your electrical panel. So if you have an electrical panel that is, you know, as I said earlier, like, you know, 40, 50 years old, and you're getting ready to start adding on all these things, the first thing you may want to consider replacing your panel. Or if you have a panel that falls within that area of like 40 to 50 years prior, um, in some cases, even 20 and 30, it may only be 100 amps. So your whole house has 100 amps of power, one big river coming into the house to be distributed out into, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 15 little rivers. Well, you may not have enough enough capacity on that big river to support putting on another river. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately what we see, which we still, Larry and I talk about this all the time, we still don't quite understand how it happens and how it gets passed. But what we see, and we're in California, a very highly regulated state with contractors, but we still see it's pretty typical that like a solar company will come in and they won't even really do it. They won't do a load calculation. They'll come in and they're just thinking about their one piece of the puzzle. They'll come in. There's like a mad rush. They'll put all the panels on your roof. They'll tie it into your electrical panel. They might swap out a little breaker or something just to kind of like make it work. 
and then they're out of there, right? They're gone in like a few days, three to five days. They've never actually considered the whole entire system. And then like your pool guy might come and do exactly the same thing, right? He's just looking at just enough to barely run that pool pump, right? Just enough to barely run it. And then your hot tub guy comes, might be different than your pool guy. And he comes and he just cares about his little pump, right? The problem is all of these people are putting stress on the same one system, right? And nobody is considering the whole picture, So um, again, back on, I think it was like episode one or two, where we talked about resistance and resistance is when you're trying to pull more power than you actually have capacity for, right? And that creates heat. And that's where sometimes you get fires inside the walls. I mean, that's my interpretation of that whole scenario. Can you add to that, babe? Yeah. So you're you're close. Uh, So on the resistance part, it's the resistance of pulling too much of a demand on too small of a... um, and again, because we're using, you know, a visual with the rivers and creeks and spigots and such, um, you're trying to pull too much water through a river that's too small. And it just basically is just like churning. It's churning because it's moving so fast. And when you put, apply that to electrical, if you're pulling too much demand on something that's too small to carry the electrical, it causes it to overheat because it's it's just like drawing it. It's like, I need it now. And it's not able to provide you with what you need right now. And so if your breaker fails to trip, because that's what's supposed to happen, you know, it's because it's built up so much heat. If your breaker fails to trip, then what ends up happening is your stuff catches, is stuff starts burning. Right. And so what are your thoughts around what I said about like your solar guy doesn't talk to or even look at or think about or even ask if they're putting in a pool? Nor does that person ever ask, oh, are you doing a major kitchen remodel? Oh, you just put in a, did a kitchen remodel a month ago, and now you're putting on solar, and nobody did a load calculation. Like, we see this happen all the time. And these are licensed electricians. But right. nobody is thinking outside of their one little trade, right? Nobody is thinking about what everybody else is doing. Yeah, this used to be, like, a really in the first days of solar being used on homes and people buying into the stuff, you had a lot of uh, flyby, or you had a lot of smaller companies out there doing the work. And what they didn't take into account was that, you know, you're putting a modern system on an old panel and over time, because of fires and damage and insurance payouts, um, the system has become a lot more regulated now where uh, actually when you put solar on somebody's house, uh, you, it's a long process. The city's involved, the energy provider in our case for California in Northern California's PG&E, they're all involved in this, in this process you have to actually have an electrical engineer work up the system, but the solar is, is all focused on what your house is pulling. The misconception is, is that a lot of people come across this and look at solar as being a non um, as not being what's considered a continuous demand. And a continuous demand is any any draw of power on your panel for over three hours. Like so, a refrigerator. Like a refrigerator's continuous demand. It's always... Yeah, but, and that's true, but a refrigerator also falls into a general home load e- evaluation. Oh, okay. um, but like your... Um, like your AC unit, you know, if you live in Northern California, Southern California, or somewhere that's Arizona, Texas, uh, Louisiana, any of the places that are, they're always extremely hot, your air, your air conditioning unit is con- is considered continuous demand. And that's because your air conditioner unit is running for more than three hours. And in most cases here in Northern California in the summer, our air conditioning units run all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so that is it. So what that does is because it's constantly pulling power, it creates 
if it's not done correctly, it creates a lot of heat on the system. It creates a lot of heat on the panel. It pulls a huge load of energy. Um, quickest way to see how much energy your air, air conditioning unit is pulling is by looking at the electrical bill at the end of every summer month. Um, so solar is doing the same thing as an air conditioning unit. The difference is that solar is pushing energy back into the system through your panel. It's, it's magical the way it works. Um, it's hard for a lot of people to understand how that works, but basically you're creating a reverse flow of energy and it's going in whatever your house is producing while well, your solar panels gets taken off of your bill by the electrical company because they're monitoring how much energy your solar is producing. Um, honestly, it's like, it's total magic. It's pure magic, but. Um, <laughs> that's for another show. <laughs> that's for another show. Uh, so really, if you have solar now and you have an air conditioner yet, which is a good transition into this, you have two loads of energy. One is pushing a load back into the system and the other one is pulling a load of energy out of the system, which is your air conditioning unit pulling out your, a, your solar pushing back in. And hopefully I don't make this too confusing because I'm really trying not to here. Um, now you have two continuous demands being placed on your electrical system. So if you have an old system, an old panel, um, in some cases, panels like uh, Federal Pacific and panels like Zinsco are extremely dangerous. Um, but your other panels, like if you have a, um, not an Eaton, I'm trying to draw a blank. Um, if you have an old version of, damn it, what is it? A Challenger panel, for example. That panel was never designed to have solar being put on it. That panel was never designed to have an electrical vehicle put on it. Because back when those panels were being built 40 and 50 years ago, Nobody could even imagine that you would have solar on your house producing energy because you always thought the energy was coming from the power company. Nobody ever would have thought to have an electrical vehicle because attached to your house. <laughs> right. Because everybody drove gas and diesel vehicles. And right. that's the only concept people had. And EV vehicles were never really even, I mean, they have been might have been conceptualized on a piece of paper and maybe somebody was talking about it. But the reality of it was the average American was and the average homeowner was never driving an electric vehicle or even considering. Right. Owning it was it. never even invented yet. Yeah. Right. So those panels were never designed around it. The panels were designed around um, having an AC unit. The panels were designed around having an electric oven. Panels were designed around, you know, supporting the lighting in your house, maybe a couple of fans, maybe running a your couple heater. of lights in your house. Yeah. Yeah. So your like all your demands in the house were very low demand. That's why your panels were built small, so they didn't have a lot of space for the air to flow through them. And that's why your panels were built the way they were with the limited number of spaces. And the demand was never expected to go over 80 amps on a 100 amp panel. Today's demands on a simple, on a, on a straight up house, you can have, most houses will not carry or support a 100 amp panel because you have too many things you're trying to put on. Mm -hmm. Like what's an average... Um, like what would our house be? How many so, right now? So an average panel in new, in new home builds stay in California, Northern California and the subdivisions are 200 amps. That is pretty much the standard across the board. Um, some of the bigger subdivisions like the, like the multi-million subdivision dollar subdivisions up the street from us, where the houses are hitting around 3000 square foot or more. Uh, you might actually have a three and 400 amp panel. That's a, this is a single phase panel, but it's designed. So and so on a 200 amp panel, though, we I know that when we do a lot of kitchen remodels, they're smaller than that because I, I, I know you're trying to always extend. So like what would be an average house, not our house, but like what would be less than 200 would be 100. 
the average that you and I have seen on the multi multitude of jobs we've had with older homes have been around 100 to being 125 tops. Right. And I know that we have we have redone them and made them much more efficient so that we could do a kitchen remodel, basically. But there still is a limit, right? There still is an absolute max limit of what you can do in that house. So I think the point of this conversation is um, don't assume just because you think that's what you want that you can do it in your house, right? Like, you know, we we run across customers who want a pool and a hot tub and solar and an electric vehicle and a huge kitchen remodel and X, Y, and Z. And it's like, that's great, but you really need to make sure that you can actually do that because there's a limited amount of power coming into your house at the actual service junction. And um, you will find electricians, you will find people who will max that out. They will have no problems pushing the edge of that and not telling you. And you don't even know that's what happened inside your house, right, babe? That's really what we see is we see electricians going in and doing work that really should have never happened. They should have told the homeowner, you're maxed out. You cannot add that to this house. No, that's a, that's a great point, too. Um, and this is this has actually happened. I went out to two jobs about a year ago, and this actually happened. So uh, homeowners had gone in. Uh, houses have been built back in the 70s, I believe they were. Um, decided to go ahead and do a full blowout remodel in the homes. Um, I got called to come in because the homeowners decided they wanted to put a, put an electric vehicle on this. In this case, uh, it was a Tesla. Tesla's, and the reason why I reference Tesla is not because I hate Tesla's, but because Tesla um, is a vehicle that has the highest charging option for getting your car back on the road and recharging the batteries. Um, so that's why I use that one. All the, all the other cars out there uh, are pretty much operating on 30 amp chargers. Tesla, you can actually go up to a 60 amp charger. So the demand is always pretty high. Um, so these customers, they lived in a in nicer part of town, um, the older part, but one of the older, nicer parts of town, uh, they had a company come in, install solar, install, install batteries for battery storage of, of the electricity. Uh, they had a brand new pool put in, they spent 300,000 on the interior remodel and they were buying electric vehicle because they were commuting back and forth to San Francisco. I got. I went out to visit them. Um, just between putting on the solar and the new upgrades they'd done in the house and putting in the new pool, they were already on. They had a hundred amp panel for service, and when the panel was, when I calculated everything out for the field calculation, they were actually at, at one hundred twenty-five amps of demand on the house. So they were twenty-five amps over, or twenty-five percent over, what the maximum amperage that panel would carry. Right. So and they just spent a lot of money on these upgrades and they were basically putting all of that at risk. If one of the outlets or anything, which will, which was going to get hot, right. Was going to heat up and cause a, a house fire. Yeah. Potential for it, especially when everything was fully operational. Um, right. And yet, and yet the solar company and the pool company and the kitchen remodeler went ahead and did all that work with and without ever telling the customer the risk they were putting them into because they just wanted the job. Yeah. It came out to when the grand total was, I was just thinking the numbers in my head um, between the brand new pool they put in and the backyard upgrade and the kit and the interior remodel they did um, with the full focus on the kitchen, they were over $650,000 in on the remodel before right. 
they came in before they wanted to do the um, Tesla upgrade. Mm -hmm. And because of the location of the house and the year the house was built and when the underground um, when the underground electricals run in to supply power to the house, uh, because of the way it was done per code back in the day, to upgrade their system and to bring power into their house would have been another $25,000. More power, meaning increase the capacity, a second right. service, service line. And they, yeah. were only, and they were only able to get another 50 amps for $20,000. Okay, but so they did do it. So that was the solution. No, that was they didn't do it. They were out of money. Oh, they're out of money. Okay. So, so basically they, what did they end up doing? Just not doing the Tesla and just, no, they, already own, they, already, they already own the Tesla. Right. But meaning they did, they weren't, they didn't install the wall charger. No, they couldn't do the wall charger. Right. And now they're just hoping that nothing happens inside the house. Pretty much. <laughs> basically. Um, and so this, this brings up a good point too. Uh, you know, this makes me think about this, this situation in general. Had the solar person that was doing the battery backup for the house talked to the homeowner about what the homeowner's plans were, their projected plans for, you know, like a year or two years down the road, or if they were planning on buying an electric vehicle, they could have built in into the storage, into the battery storage system, the model or the engineering model for adding an electric vehicle charger and it could have been solely charged off the batteries in the house without impacting their right. entire electrical system but instead of doing that what they did is they sold them on a solar battery storage system without any without any given thought to the fact that the homeowners may want to buy an electric vehicle down the road and so now the homeowners are stuck with a $120,000 electric vehicle. They can't charge at home when all it would have taken was a simple conversation with their solar people who are doing the, doing the whole project. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the moral of this story is you guys, um, you know, I'm a, I'm my whole point of my program and everything we do with the kitchens is to make you your own advocate, ask good questions. Don't just assume that the person that comes out to your house uh, it doesn't mean they're being deceitful or that they're misleading you on purpose. It's just a lot of times they don't really think about it themselves. They're just focused on their little job. They're focused on making their money and getting out of your job, right? They're not thinking of your whole life, your whole life with this house, everything you're thinking of doing. So you really have to be completely honest and upfront and and um, kind of very proactive about communicating with these people and guiding that process yourself, right? Don't just assume that the quote unquote experts are going to always look out for you because they're just humans. They're just people showing up and doing a job, right? You have to be your own advocate. And especially with electrical, this is just so incredibly important because they're one, it's a lot of money and it's things that you can't change easily after the fact or at all, right? Like if you max out your house, and then you want to do something two years later, you may not be able to do it at all. Um, or you're putting your house and your lives at risk, really. So um, just, you know, take this to heart. Be your own advocate. Don't be scared about the, the information and that it's a little bit techie. It's more important that you start to really understand this bigger picture, which I'm hoping this I'm hoping this series of five episodes has really gotten you guys to just not be as scared of electrical, but really like think about it and kind of understand the bigger concept of what's happening. Um, I know I've learned some things and um, babe, I just, you know, I just, thanks for all your insight. Uh, we're still, we're still not done. I still have a couple of questions, but I just wanted to like kind of wrap up why that, I think that's so important. 
Um, another thing that I think is interesting about Tesla specifically um, is the way the differences in how things are charged. And I remember when you were sharing this with me and we were talking about it, I was kind of like blown away. Um, can you talk a little bit about the fact that the, the high powered wall charger, like if you go to buy a Tesla right now, when, when you buy it at the, at the, um, at the store, they're going to basically sell you a $500. They're basically going to say it's a $500 wall charger. Right. And they kind of give you the impression that that's all you need, right? It's just this charger. It takes care of everything. You can charge it. Your, your, you can charge your, um, your car at home, which a lot of people, of course, that's why they sign up for a Tesla, right? They don't want to go to a Safeway and have to sit in the parking lot for an hour and a half. So there's that charger, but then there's a high powered wall charger and that one draws more energy. And the point is that that's why it's faster, right? And then the alternative is you go to Safeway or sit in some parking lot and you do what's called, um, or no, I, sorry, I have it backwards. The how, high about I, how about I do this for you? Okay, but let me just make sure I remember. The high-powered wall charger, the one that, that we try to install in someone's house, is really a trickle charger, and that's why it's trickling out the energy in the safest way overnight, right? Gives you a long-term charge. The fast charger that you would get at a local store is actually damaging your battery over time. It was never meant to be a long-term solution because it's pushing the energy in quickly into your battery, Correct. That's almost correct. Okay. So, but the bottom line is that a lot of people who now get a car and think they can just charge it on the side of the road all the time, they don't realize that's actually not good for the car, right? Nobody tells them that's actually not how it was supposed to be used. It's supposed to be like a temporary every once in a while solution. And yet you have a lot of people that charge their cars regularly on those chargers. Okay. I'm out. Now you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I did a good job with that. Okay. You, you did pretty good. I, I give you, I give you an A for effort on that one. <laughs> a for effort. Wow. Okay. So this is, this is all third party. Um, when I, when I say this, because this is from the stories I got from my customers and I spend, and, and when I meet my Tesla customers, I spend a lot of time. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I'm, I am actually a Tesla certified uh, installer for the EV charging program. Uh, so I, I speak from, to this from firsthand, um, experiences and, and interviews with my customers. And one of the main things I find out is that when they go into the dealership, this is how the process goes. They're excited about getting an electric vehicle. And I'm going to tell you straight up, Tesla's are, are a pretty amazing, amazing piece of work out there. I mean, they did a great job with the product, putting it together, all the cool things that it comes with, some of the bells and whistles, and even some of the unnecessary stuff that they've done. Uh, so I'm impressed with the product. Uh, when it comes to charging, you know, you as the new EV charger or you as the new EV vehicle owner, you really don't know what you're getting into until you've already spent the money because that's really what the purpose here is. They want you to buy a car. They want to sell you on the ease of charging your car. They want you to believe that while you're sitting down to dinner, sleeping, or getting things together in the morning between that, you know, eight to 10 hours a year at home, your car is going to be fully charged and ready to drive back down to San Francisco and drive back home without actually running out of battery. And then you're going to recharge again. What they fail to tell the person, and again, this is probably because it would be a huge obstacle in sales, is that not all homes can carry a Tesla um, on their electrical charging system. And because a lot of people don't look into or don't pay attention to what the demands of the Tesla are before they buy it. Um, they go in there, they spend the money, then they wake up, then they call somebody like me um, who is a certified installer and we'll have a conversation about the car 
We'll do, I'll do a load calculation on the home. We'll come back and say, okay, this is how much, this is what your charging rate is. So they're being told that if they spend $550 for the charger by the, by the dealership, they're going to be able to charge a car at max capacity, which on the generation three is a 60 amp um, breaker with a, with a 40 some amp uh, charge, which would give you like 27, 28 miles of charge per hour, depending on the model of the car. So I come in and I am I am the first person that after the purchase of the buying their Tesla that is dashing their hopes because not all homes will carry that. Getting back to our 100 amp breaker or our 100 amp main panel, which is the big dam that before you start splitting it out to the little rivulets throughout the house to the different spigots, um, your maximum allowable usage, and this is here in California, by the city here in California, per the National Electric Code, you're only supposed to take 80% of the capacity. That Tesla is considered a continuous demand because it charges for more than three hours. So if you have a Tesla charging at 40 some amps and you have your AC running at say 25 some 25 amps, you are now at 65 amps of demand on your 80 amp system in your house. And that's if you aren't running anything else. So this is where the big challenge comes in. You throw a pool on, you throw a solar on. If you don't do your research on it, you may end up sitting there with a car that you just you're trying to charge off of a 20 amp outlet or less, a 15 amp outlet, and you're getting basically five or six miles of charge per hour instead of that 27 miles of charge per hour. And you're pretty disappointed. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, you're disappointed. Um, so this is where we where the whole point of this entire um, episode is is to pre-plan is to pre-plan your electrical whether it's your pre-planning for your kitchen. Um, a good example on this is, and this is where the homeowner can protect themselves. If you're getting a new oven, and let's say you just took an old oven out of your house, it's like 30 or 40 years old, that old oven may be an oven that needed to have a 40 or 50 amp breaker on it because it was pulling so much power. Well, I've seen a lot of home remodels where I've gone in to do the load calcs for calculations for the Tesla, and the homeowners spent a ton of money to do their remodel in their house and their oven and their oven, the electrician that did the work for them or the remodel that did the work for them never went to the panel and swapped out the breaker. And so now you have an oven that only required a 30 amp breaker, which means a smaller river of power coming into your, to your spigot. And you're still getting this mad rush of power on 50 amps. So what happens is something messes up in that oven, that breaker is not going to react to it because it's so far outside of the of the power zone for it that it's just going to be, keep on producing energy. It's going to that spigot's just going to keep running power, keep running power, and you're going to burn up your oven. And a lot of those ovens out there are not cheap. They're like you know two three thousand dollars. Two three thousand. So, they're more than that, babe. <laughs> right, and that's my yeah. point. You know, yeah. So that guy, that electrician that came in and did that work for you, that works for that works with that that remodeler, works for that kitchen, or works directly with that cabinet company or that kitchen company. They're not going to change that. They, if they don't change out, you're they're basically setting you up the risk of destroying your product, the product you just spent a lot of money on. Yeah. And this is why when I come in again and I sit down with my with my customers, if we're talking the kitchen remodel side, when we're planning the process before we even get into doing the tear out or before we even start the project, I'm trying to get a list of your appliances. I'm trying to get a list of you know what the demands are going to be. I want to make sure that whatever you're doing with that isn't going to be impacted by something else that's been done, i.e., a pool. You're wanting to put in a hot tub, or you've put in a hot tub. You know, I want you to be aware of where your electrical challenges are before we even start dumping mm -hmm. a bunch of money into your remodel. 
because right. once that remodel starts, it's like we're game on. Yeah. So, okay. So back to the Tesla though. So that was, that was I got off track though, about the oven as well. So um, what we, you and I talked about it, we were trying to figure out a way, like a, an inexpensive way that some of our listeners, some of our audience, if they wanted to work with you, um, you know, around the country, obviously they can just hire you one-on-one to kind of go through and walk through their house and stuff like that and give them some pointers on their electrical. But we came up with this idea of you, them being able to, you being able to walk them through in a video of how to just do a load calculation, just start to understand how much power is coming into their own house, how it's being used so they can at least have an intelligent conversation with the person who's going to be doing the electrical instead of assuming that person no one knows what they're doing and two is like really looking out for all these different areas right so we're going to put a link in the show notes you guys in the description for $49 you can get Larry's um a video where he's going to walk you through what we do on our load calculation it's going to literally tell you where to go in the house, what to write down. And it's going to walk you through this little calculation, this little, don't worry about it, right? That you're going to use with a calculator. Um, and so you can get your husband involved, your, you know, your kids involved, what, whoever is going to help you do this. It's not as complicated as you think it is because he's got a little formula that he's going to walk you through. And he's going to literally buy on video, tell you where to go and get this stuff, where to get the information off the off of your panel, where to get it off of your appliances, and then how to go through this little formula. And it's going to tell you what's available, right? What's available and how to use it. Um, so, babe, any anything else you want to say around the load calculation? Like, it's like a little guide that we're going to give you guys. No, it is. It's the thing with it is, is that. It could be, you could even make it fun. You could treat it like a little scavenger hunt because that's really what you're doing. It is a scavenger hunt of finding where the numbers are. Yeah, but not in a hard way, not in a not difficult in a hard way. way. And and, yeah. and actually I have, in, in a number of cases, if you can't find the information, I actually have just a standard average number that I used. Because um, again, this is a field calculation, um, but it gives you a general idea of what the total number is going to be uh, for the mm-hmm. house versus what your panel's got on it. And It'll be easy to use, simple math. Um, yeah, and I think it's going to help some of you that are in the planning process. And I highly recommend it. Uh, Larry's selling it for $49, so it's inexpensive. It's cheap to use. And I personally think everybody out there should do a load calculation on their house so they know what's actually going on electrically inside their house, right? For now, for the future, um, just don't take it for granted. Don't assume that there's no problems, right? It's really, it's maybe 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to do this. And you'll at least know the status of your own house, right? It's a really important thing. We pay for insurance. We pay for flood insurance, fire insurance, all kinds of insurances, right? Homeowners insurance. Like this is one of the best things you can do. The best 15, 20 minutes you can do for your house to know because electrical is so important and it can cause so many issues that most people don't even think about, but at least this way you'd have a lot of confidence, like knowing you're okay, right? Um, all right, babe. So we're gonna wrap this up this electrical week. We'll have you back. We might have you back to talk about some uh specific jobs or something. This has been really fun to have you on the show. And any um any last words? No, I'm I've been, you know, this has been really a great experience actually being a part of this. Uh it's fun because this is something you and I are always talking about. And uh, ladies, I encourage you to reach out to Camille with questions. Um, Maybe she will throw some of these out on her her live show that she does every other Sunday Uh uh, because it would be a good way to, you know, kind of see what experiences all of you are facing out there. 
Uh, yeah. Again, our bubble is Northern California where we work at, where we live at. Um, you know, so I'm not aware of what goes on in Wisconsin or Indiana or Ohio or even New York or even maybe Manhattan. I mean, everybody has different challenges and it'd be fun just to talk about them and share some and share yeah. some ideas. Yeah, that's a good idea, ladies. We have our we have our Visualize It workshop, um, which we still have spaces open, which is uh, this Saturday, the 15th at nine o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So you can still sign up. Last chance to sign up. And then Sunday we have our live show. So if you listen to this episode and you have some questions about your electrical, please join us um, on the live show, right? The link is in our bio and uh, we'd love to see you there. All right, babe. Thanks so much, ladies. See you on the next episode. Have a great day. Great kitchen design and incredible functionality should not cost an arm and a leg. That's why I created Kitchen Remodel Rockstar, a membership group exclusive for women it's affordable, honest, and direct. For just $97 a month, we help you explore all those choices running around in your head, like how big is a granite slab and which color should I pick? Is porcelain better than stainless steel? And what will it cost? Should I buy a farmhouse sink in single or double bowl? Or maybe what type of cabinets should I buy? Should I buy custom? Should I do a reface? I'm really lost, right? And finally, how do I even figure out the ideal cabinet layout? Well, that and so much more is what we cover inside of KRR. It's like kitchen therapy, because let's face it, planning a kitchen remodel is stressful. So many decisions to make, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's where I come in. Look, my program has helped over 10,000 women across the country create their own kitchen system that blends high-end functionality with gorgeous design without overdrafting your checking account. So jump on in today and let's see how we can help you get your dream kitchen for less stress and money. Just like Jessica, quote, I can't believe how much I learned already. This was worth the cost and it's been two days. I am so excited to start exploring countertop options now. My anxiety is completely gone. Thank you, thank you for this group. So hey, I really wanna add your story one day and I hope you join because this is a safe and affordable place for women just like you to explore what they want to create in their dream kitchen and get straightforward answers in real time. Just think, for $97, there's no more waiting or wondering if you're making the right decision. Now you will feel confident in every single choice and know that you have created the best dream kitchen you can for you. I hope to see you inside the club today. Go over to krr.com to sign up. That's kitchenremodelrockstar.com today.